the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. April 4th, 2023. Uh, I think I can probably safely predict this will be the biggest news day of the year. But, of course, I'm always um, always cautionary. And say, I'm always cautioned in saying that, as uh, Shakespeare puts it, you can't say this is the worst if you can say this is the worst. So, you know, strange days indeed, as John Lennon would put it, from Shakespeare to Lennon. Uh, a friend of mine said, are you going to have... Uh, criminal law expert on the show today or an election law expert on the show today and I said yeah he's just not going to be local don't know if you've heard of him Alan Dershowitz will be joining us a little bit later so stay tuned for that yesterday in Manhattan New York City Mayor Eric Adams held a press conference stating quote While there may be some rabble-rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. Although we have no specific threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread misinformation and hate speech, said she is coming to town. While you are in town, be on your best behavior. We will not allow violence or vandalism of any kind. If one is caught participating in any act of violence, they will be arrested and held accountable no matter who you are. Close quote. Physician, heal thyself. If that parable from the book of Luke is too religious for some to bear, we can go with the Aesop fable of the frog and the fox. A frog leaves his swamp. Good word, that. Swamp trying to convince the rest of the kingdom he was a physician with all forms of healing powers and potions. Until a fox said to him, How can you set up to heal others when you cannot even cure your own lame legs and blotched and wrinkled skin? Physician, heal thyself, said the fox to the frog. Control yourselves. That's a word, Eric. That's a phrase Eric Adams used yesterday. A preemptive command from the mayor of Gotham as if those out of control are those protesting for and on behalf of civil liberties in broad daylight against an unprecedented political prosecution dressed up as a legal indictment. An indictment that law professor Alan Dershowitz, who will be with us later, said he's never seen the likes of in 60 years of practice or 50 years of teaching. Control yourselves with no evidence of law breaking from anyone there in New York, who was protesting. Control yourselves as if the party of Adams, and for that matter, Alvin Bragg, is controlling itself, as opposed to engaging in the abuse of process and the politicalization of the criminal code. Quote, New York City is not a playground for your misplaced anger, close quote. Shall we discuss misplaced anger for a moment? Why was the city put on curfew in June of 2020? Answer, Black Lives Matter riots. Why did 2,600 police officers in New York resign or retire in 2020? More than 1,000 than the year before. Answer, riots and no support for them stopping the riots, in Mayor Adams' words, for stopping violence and vandalism. 
And all that, let us recall, when people were ordered already to stay at home with a shelter-in-place order being pursued by the mayor. Although we have no specific threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread misinformation and hate speech, stated she is coming to town, the mayor said. Now, this is the richest of them. CBS's 60 Minutes just chalked up a record viewership this past Sunday, all because Leslie Stahl did a one-on-one interview with said Marjorie Taylor Greene. Why would 60 Minutes deliberately invite, host, and interview someone who spreads misinformation? Ratings? The truth is, that's probably the thinking over at CBS. They hate Green and all she stands for, which is their right. But they exploit her for one purpose with the one hand, for profit, while they use her as a totem of imagined or invented foreshadowed political points or violence on the other. Isn't it amazing how much the Democrats dislike hate speech these days? When the president calls Republicans the party of Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis and George Wallace, that's fine. When the chairman of the Democratic National Committee routinely calls the Republican Party the party of, quote, fascism and fear, close quote, that's fine. When leaders from Hillary Clinton to Nancy Pelosi state that President Trump's 2016 election was illegitimate and made him an illegitimate president, that is fine. When Nancy Pelosi's daughter tweets that the man who assaulted and battered Rand Paul and sent him to the hospital with broken bones was right to do so, that's fine. When Ilan Omar Omar calls President Trump a fascist tyrannizing our communities, that's fine. When Chuck Schumer directly names two Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices saying they inherited the whirlwind and won't know what hit them, that's fine. When Joe Biden says Mitt Romney wants to put black people in chains, that's fine. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is known for spreading hate speech. And then the most precious line from Mayor Adams yesterday, quote, we will not allow violence or vandalism of any kind. If one is caught participating in any act of violence, they will be arrested and held accountable no matter who you are, close quote. Well, Alvin Bragg certainly has allowed that. As victims' rights advocate Jennifer Harrison wrote yesterday, last year Alvin Bragg downgraded 52% of felonies to misdemeanors and had a dismal 51% conviction rate for felonies he did charge. And just recently, Bragg released a woman who participated in the brutal killing of a U.S. veteran on time served after 14 months. In Alvin Bragg's New York, you can literally get away with murder. Last year, major crimes increased in New York City by nearly 25%. In Alvin Bragg's and Eric Adams City, until yesterday, the mayor's statement that, quote, those arrested will be held accountable no matter who you are, close quote, was simply not true. The wrong kinds of defendants with the wrong kinds of victims were simply not held accountable. Or maybe they were the right kinds of defendants with the right kinds of victims. And my guess is tomorrow that will be the case again. Yesterday, Adams and Bragg discovered the need to control mobs or rabble-rousing, as he put it. Even mobs and rabble-rousing that hasn't occurred. All the better to institute and implant the notion that one set of beliefs fired into violence, say, on behalf of a Marxist organization is tolerable tolerable, or even forgivable, while another is not. This would be why, after all, everyone knows the date of January 6th, 2021, where the death of an armed, excuse me, where the death of an unarmed protester rioter took place, but few recall or want to 
the three months of thermal rioting that led to the deaths of 30 Americans, billions of dollars of damage, firebombings of police precincts and courthouses, and mass resignations of police. What political party politicians have faced violence in New York? The one I recall was Republican Lee Zeldin, attacked with a knife on stage during a campaign. Was there a call for restraint of left-wing rabble-rousing last year after that? Or was there a call for restraint of rabble-rousing after an assassination attempt on a Republican-appointed Supreme Court justice last year? Hell, as of today, neither the president nor vice president has even mentioned that. What about the posters festooning D.C. from a group called Jane's Revenge, asking, seeking, promoting violent attacks against crisis pregnancy centers? Nor a call of restraint, of course, from the trans day of revenge and rage of last week. Quote, licit jovi, non licit bovi, what is good for the gods is not good for the swine. And in today's media and Democratic Party, including the Democratic Party's district attorneys, the gods are of their party and the swine or cattle are of the other. Now, it is true that Marjorie Taylor Greene did speak at a rally in Manhattan this morning. Here was the online New York Times headline of that. Quote, Marjorie Taylor Greene attacks Democrats as protesters converge at the courthouse. Close quote. You'd think from that headline, Representative Greene was engaging in some kind of violence. Would you not? Attacks Democrats? Here's what the New York Times excerpted that she said at the rally. Excerpted by the New York Times, presumably because these lines would be to them, her most odious, at least to them, her most inciting. Quote, we're the party that wants to protect the lives of the unborn. We're the party of male and female, two genders only, said Miss Green, who had been invited to Manhattan by the New York Young Republican Club. Quote, we're the party of secure borders. We're the party that will bring peace to the world like President Trump did, not World War III like Joe Biden is doing. Close quote. Yes, well, with that kind of speech... Pretty standard stuff, really, from any Republican with no calls to violence or, for that matter, not knowing what hit you or whirlwinds. That kind of speech, the New York Times and its environs, is the very kind of speech they do call violence. As I say, pretty standard stuff for Republicans to say. And that's precisely the point. That's what the Democrats want to call violence so it can be outlawed. You know that world, at least you know it by its predicted year, 1984. It's the new world we live in where speech is violence, where violence is mostly peaceful, where sex changing is gender affirming, and keeping hands off a body is having clinicians operate in your body, where color blindness is racism and discrimination is anti-racism, and voter suppression means more voters voting, or what the liberals now call misinformation and hate speech. Meanwhile, real crime will continue to rise in New York as felonies are downgraded to misdemeanors and selective prosecutions become more and more the order of the party, capital P, and misdemeanors will be ratcheted up and escalated into felonies or you are in the wrong party, capital P. Raising all over, again, as it does, the Abraham Lincoln question, quote, are all the laws but one to go unexecuted? He, Lincoln, of course, asked that at the cusp of a civil war. He asked that question after pointing out, quote, the whole of the laws which were required to be faithfully executed were being resisted and failing of execution, close quote. 
We are nigh here again today. I'm begging the Democrats. I'm begging them. Can we please not go down that road again? What we need, circling back to where I began, and is a um, is an Aesopian fox to call out the frog here. But right now, the politics and journalism of the day wants to criminalize the fox. It tells us a hunting we will go. We'll catch a fox and put him in a box and never let him go. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sitting on Oliver Twist, we're told the law is an ass. People are watching this indictment and have now seen the 34 counts of it. Perhaps some of you even saw Alvin Bragg's press conference. If you didn't, I urge you to with whatever video browser you have. I urge you to so that you will understand the same befuddlement almost everyone who went to law school has in trying to understand this indictment. I'll do my best to make clear what Alvin Bragg is trying to do. What Donald Trump's 34 felonies are, they revolve around not 34 different ill or bad or illegal actions, but the same one repeatedly engaged in documentation fraudulently 34 times. The section of the New York law that is being violated here, according to Alvin Bragg, is is, uh, Statute uh, 175.10, New York Code 175.10, 175.10, falsifying business, business records in the first degree, which is a felony. Let me read it to you. Let me read you that statute. A person is guilty of falsifying business records in the first degree, making it felonious, when he commits the crime of falsifying business records in the second degree, and when his intent to defraud includes an intent to commit another crime or to aid or conceal the commission thereof. Now, this is why you keep hearing misdemeanor thrown around. Donald Trump is being accused of a misdemeanor when he was indicted on felonies, because Falsifying business records in the second degree is the misdemeanor they're talking about. So he gets to the first degree felony only if he committed the misdemeanor and had an intent to defraud in the commission of another crime. Another crime. Focus on that phraseology. And when his intent to defraud includes an intent to commit another crime. You can read the 16-page indictment. You will not find that other crime mentioned. Alvin Bragg today, in his press conference, was asked what those other crimes or what that other crime was. What was the other crime? What made this more than a misdemeanor? What made this a felony? You know what Alvin Bragg said? He said, We are not required to specify that. And he didn't. He made allusions to what it could be, but he said, we are not required to specify that. Now, 
you tell me how you can accuse a defendant of something without telling him what it is he's going to have to defend against, what, in other words, he's accused of, what, in other words, law he broke. We do, last I checked, still have something called a Sixth Amendment in our country. The Sixth Amendment says in all criminal prosecutions, not in all criminal prosecutions that don't involve Donald Trump, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused is to, quote, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. From time immemorial, it was the note of justice that you can't accuse someone in a court of law without telling them what it is they're be- they-, they are accused of doing. I believe... There's a lot of speculation flying around and we'll get expert views. I believe on this issue alone, Donald Trump has a Sixth Amendment right to have this case dismissed, this indictment dismissed. You have literally the district attorney of Manhattan, perhaps the most powerful district attorney in the country, perhaps, perhaps, stating publicly he is not under an obligation to tell the defense, the defendant, or the public in a case involving an ex-president, but it might as well be a case against anyone, what the crime is they're being accused of, in this case the crime that makes this into a felony. I've just never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of such a thing. You turn into the cable news programs... And you'll hear all kinds of lawyers and legal experts talking about their suspicion on how this case will be thrown out, tossed out at some level. Some say they think this current uh, trial court judge might throw it out, but it's not very likely. I don't know. He might. He might. If this is indict, if this indictment, if this, if this bill of indictment is as lousy as it seems to be. On my reading of it and on listening to the analysis I've heard about it today, he might very well distinguish himself by tossing it out. What I have heard and what I do believe will be true is that if it's not tossed out at this level, at the trial court level in the Supreme Court of New York, by the way, they say Supreme Court of New York, that's what they call their trial level courts. Court of Appeals are the higher courts in New York. If it's not thrown out here, it will be thrown out at some point. Let's hope that the Sixth Amendment right to speediness abides here as well. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. You can learn a lot about his organization and reach out to him there as well. He's also the host of his own radio show, The Word on Wealth. It's heard every Saturday morning right here on 960 The Patriot at 7 a.m. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Seth. Thank you. I was looking at an, um, an old... Gillette commercial 
from the mid 1980s. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't see this coming, wasn't. right? No, that's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but but what someone was noticing on this commercial that they posted was how normal it was for society. They show these men with hard work, drive, ambition, family, courage, and winning right. at athletic competitions. And I was just thinking, you know, what a different society we are now. Uh, where we where we tend to debase a lot of this, and maybe some of that reflects this thing called jolts that you and I are always so fascinated in, the job right. job opening uh, and labor report. Tell us what we learned from the jolts report today. Well, we we have uh, it looks to be anyway um, a slowdown of job openings. Yeah. So the number of job openings has slowed, uh, and they're, they're basically stating that uh, since it fell below ten million. Mm-hmm. This month, which is uh, hasn't happened since May of 2021, couple so about of years, a year ago. Yeah, 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 it's a couple of years. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things to think about when we think, I'm looking at this: is this because less people are, That's, you know, yeah. you know, uh, available to work, or is there uh, more less openings? You know, right. companies, people are being laid off. We've yep. got. Uh, there's a variety of different factors that go into this, but on Friday we've got the non non farm payroll. Uh, report that's coming in as well. So this is going to give us a little bit of another piece of information that we could put together with this to see if indeed the economy is is slowing uh, as much as what this is indicating. But what's interesting on this is that this again, once again, is another piece that tells the Fed that, hey, all of those interest rate hikes that they've been doing are having an effect on this economy. Mm as well as we haven't really seen the tightening of money yet. Yeah. So for those out there who maybe are borrowing money, uh, you know, you borrowed at a certain rate years ago. That rate is much higher today. Uh, and that money is going to become less and less available to people who want to borrow money. And once that happens, that's going to be another shoe that's potentially going to drop on the economy, which will slow things down even further. So I'm hoping that the Fed is taking all of this into consideration, which I'm sure they are, and that if indeed they're going to raise in May, that that's going to be a minimal amount and that that would most likely be the final raise of the year. That would be the hope. There was also – it says another thing too, right? Maybe this is Captain Obvious, but it says another thing too – that with job quits and switches or transfers, which were so prevalent right. over the last two years, that's worth taking a second thought and and think about now too, isn't it? That that availability yeah. is is yeah. is constricted. Yes, hires and separations. Yeah. It said decrease slightly, yeah. and quits yeah. and the sign of labor confidence. It said uh, is definitely dropping as well. So for those people who thought you know six months ago, I'm just going to quit this job right. and I'll get another yeah. job for more money. Yeah. Maybe not. You know, that's not as easy today as it was six months ago. Not as easy today. So, again, for those out there who are looking to work right now, it is still, I believe, a perfect opportunity. There's still uh, jobs available out there, but it's becoming harder and harder to fill those, uh, find those positions. So be be aware of that. Yes. And the markets, again, reacted a little bit negatively to this news as well. Right, because firms, I mean, the one thing we do also know about the switching and quitting stuff is that, I mean, fir- firms are cutting cutting openings, right? I mean, uh, yes. the, yeah, there's jo- less, less jobs right, the entry, entry into the workforce is, is becoming yeah. a, a bit more difficult with a report like this. When I get a report or I see a report like this, 
I always struggle saying, well, is this good news on the economy or bad? <laughs> the truth is it's mixed, right? I mean, it's the, hard the to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, answer, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. All right, good. Well, we'll connect it with Friday's news. Um, yeah. But we'll look at it a little bit more in earnest tomorrow, too, if that's okay. Because what, at the end of the day, you say this hints slightly closer towards a recession or not. Again, hard to say, right? It's hard to say because we still have a lot of other areas right. of, the, of yeah. the economy. That but it's we not a slam see. dunk. It's not a slam not dunk. Not a slam dunk. No. Still uh-uh. could, could be. No. We still could avoid a recession. No. It's still possible. Yeah. Yep. John Dombrowski, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Securities and advisory services offer the Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Sipic and an investment advisor, Grant Kangan Plenty Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Talk tomorrow, Seth. You're the best, J.D. Thank you. I am Bye-bye. Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Happy to take your calls on what you're seeing and thinking. So much being said um, about what uh, took place in Manhattan today. Uh, one one editorial comment, you know, going into this, I'm not sure what to do with this exactly, but going into this, up until yesterday or the day before yesterday, maybe Monday, uh, maybe the weekend, there was this thought that um, there was the talk that this would be the occasion for a huge outpouring of support for Donald Trump. There was the talk that Donald Trump might even be inviting some of this. And while there was an outpouring of peaceful protest today, totally, I mean, all of what Eric Adams said was just nonsensical, just trying to solidify and cement the idea into people's heads that Republicans are the party of of riot and violence, truth being exactly the opposite. Marjorie Taylor Greene's speech was perfectly fine and peaceful and standard Republican talk and incited no violence, despite the New York Times saying she attacked Democrats and protesters. Um, it was not. That mood did not um, abide today. The the mood of anything but uh, somberness and lacrimal sadness, really, uh, from Donald Trump's from Donald Trump's retinue to Donald Trump himself. It looked like a very serious um, and sad display. Now, Donald Trump will have occasion to speak tonight. He is going to address the nation tonight from Mar-a-Lago. And um, the mood of that room and the mood of that speech will perhaps be much higher. But there was a palpable sense of tragedy all around this today, uh, all around, um, except from Alvin Bragg whose press conference I watched, it wasn't long from beginning to end, except from Alvin Bragg. Now, there's another interesting element to all of this, which is in part also proof that some on the left and liberal world aren't aren't quite buying what Alvin Bragg is selling either, um, in that Joe Biden will not comment on this. Why would a sitting president who comments on just about everything 
Why would he not comment on his predecessor or an ex-president being indicted for the first time in history, indicted and arraigned for the first time in history? It's a very odd, very odd thing. My sense is, if I had to guess, my sense is Joe Biden has recollection of how much he condemned Donald Trump for mishandling classified documents in a 60 Minutes interview, only to later have those words used against him when he was found to have mishandled and possessed classified documents. And that the Democrats might be very worried about this box of Pandora that Mr. Bragg has opened, because all you need right now is for a very clever county attorney or district attorney in a red city or red county to start amassing the cases against Joe Biden. Now, I know there are Department of Justice guidelines that don't want you to indict a sitting president, but he may not be sitting in two years. And if not Joe Biden, let's look at these uh, statutes of limitations for other high office holders in the Democratic Party. If we can get through them with Donald Trump, we can get through them here. Can we not? Why is it Joe Biden won't talk? Well, a New York Times reporter, Michael Scheer, he's won the Pulitzer Prize, I think, twice. He's the White House correspondent for the New York Times. He was pushing Karin Jean-Pierre today on this. And we're told a lot in this interplay. We're told a lot. If you can hear it, let's give it a shot. The, the president has spoken repeatedly about January 6th. Um, he gave at least two major speeches that I can think of, and he's talked at length, sorry, talked at length in, uh, in various forums. Um, there were more than 500 active legal cases going on during the time that he made those speeches, all of which potentially could have been affected, would have been affected, by whatever his opinions were on the circumstances surrounding those cases. Why, what is different between his being willing to talk about not the specifics of individual cases, but to talk about the issues presented by by what happened on January 6th and questions about, just to, just to put a fine point on it, I'm sort of going on Peter's point, it's like, and, and frankly, a lot of the questions here, there's an understanding about not wanting to comment specifically about this case, perhaps, but there are issues that are presented People have been talking about him for, for weeks now when a former president, any former president, would be indicted for the first time and arrested for the first time. What is the White House's reticence and what's the difference between that and this? Good. Good. <laughs> Why will the president talk about Jan 6th? Um, with with but all not seriousness, this. January 6th um, was a devastating day. Like, you guys, I think if, if you guys weren't there, some of your colleagues were on Capitol Hill. We had, um, we had law enforcement, uh, police officers who were attacked, who died. Um, and what we saw on that day was an attack on our democracy. It was a devastating, devastating day in our history. And it was, uh, it was a moment for this president to have spoken to, right? You had millions and millions of Americans who watched what was happening on Capitol Hill, something that many of us, I've never seen it, and many of us had never, ever seen before, you know? And 
uh, it was something that needed to be spoken to. Uh, when you see something like that, our democracy, literally our democracy under attack. And so the president will never shy away when it comes to our democracy, when it comes to the fabric of who we are as a country and what makes this country uh, who it, what it is. Uh, and so it, it was a different, different moment and a different time. What we're, no, I hear, I, I hear. I, I know, but let me. Sure, go ahead. Uh, when it comes to these types of cases, these criminal, like specific cases, uh, we're just not going to comment. I know there's a broad. I, I get. I get you. I know there's a broader question of what this means, the precedent, and and uh, and what the president is going to decide or make decisions that he might make, like hypothetical questions. I'm just not going to comment from here on that. Again, I was asking why you yeah, were I'm, going to comment. Uh, on, and, I, there. I, and I'm and, hoping that I I laid that out for you, and I just laid out why we commented on January 6th, and we're just going to be very mindful. These are ongoing cases. 100 cases involving Americans I, I, who, who, whose freedom hear, was at, I hear at you, risk. I hear you, but right? this so, is something that all of Americans watch in real time, in real time. And people, people died. People die. I don't need a lecture, he said. Unprecedented, she said. He said this, too. And then, of course, people died. One person died. A rioter. We'll be right back. Think, Folks, how do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy, the banks failing, the stock market's volatility, a possible recession in the offing? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. You are paid monthly. And there are no fees. It's a secure, collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Check out and talk to my friends at Y Refi. Local, you can visit with them. I know them well, trustworthy, honest. You won't get a sales pitch. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R E F Y. Dot com or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34, 888-Y-REFI-34. Dan's in Chandler. Hello, Dan. Hi, Seth. How are um, you? I, I don't think uh, one vote is would ever be changed by whatever the outcome of this kangaroo court will be. My question is, procedurally, how might this at the outcome of this actually legally prevent Donald Trump from running again? Well, it wouldn't legally or constitutionally, but it could certainly tie him up um, if he has to go to court. I mean, I think the next court appearance on the schedule is in December. But if he has to go to court, if he has to spend a lot of time dealing with this and then the subsequent other cases, obviously, which are in the in the offing as well, um, it's a time suck. A lot of us were concerned about a gag order, which still could come. Um, if there is a gag order, that would obviously keep him from speaking about it. Uh, I, I have a feeling if it didn't come today, it won't come unless some other boundary or line is crossed here. But it's certainly a time and energy suck away from the campaign trail if he has to make court appearances and spend a lot of time with his attorneys. I don't on think this. that would stop him. I don't think that would stop okay. him. I think he would 
he would make it part of his traveling show. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but 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 you're saying but, but no saying, constitutional bar. He can serve. He can be elected president from behind bars and serve from behind bars if he wanted to. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. There's nothing in the Constitution that prevents that. Nothing. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to get that far. I just don't. I just don't. I, I I think this has a good chance of being tossed before December. I really do. I really do. Thanks, Dan. Now, the big question. Yeah, go I ahead. Think, okay. Go ahead. Make it well, quick. I was going to say, then the ultimate question is, do we conservatives or just people who, who are sick and tired of what the Democrats are doing to this country have the numbers to win, whoever are Yeah, that is the question, Dan. That is the big one. Let's pick up on that in a little bit. Alan Dershowitz coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 